So today we're going to take a look at what Jesus did uh, with some of his life. Um, you know, I'm reminded uh, several years ago, some of you remember, there was this big campaign with, with uh, WWJD, What Would Jesus Do? And, and I always, you know, found it a little strange because I like to poke fun at things that <laughs> become too popular. But I'm like, what would Jesus do? We know what Jesus did, right? <laughs> just look at the Gospels. And I always thought, why don't you just do what Jesus did instead of wondering, what would Jesus do? You know, I, I mean, I don't know. He, we don't know what he would do if he lived in our time, but we know what he did, and we know enough about what he does that we can follow him, right? So um, I always found that to be kind of interesting. Not to put it down. I mean, sure, that was good. That, you know, encouraged people, you know, to think about what would Jesus do? Would he go whole wheat or white? I don't know. You know, but we know what Jesus did. And what he did, we get in this kind of picture of the snapshot of Jesus' life, is that he went around teaching in people's synagogues and proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God, and then he began to heal every disease and every sickness that was brought to him, and the news about him began to spread all over the world. So today, as we take a look at this passage, what I want to begin with is the kingdom of God, because the kingdom of God is an important concept that we really don't hear a lot about, and we don't get a lot of teaching about. So I need to spend a couple minutes talking about what is the kingdom of God, right? So when you think about kingdoms, you know, what comes to our mind when we think about a kingdom? Well, I kind of go old-fashioned and think about castles and kings and knights and dragons and epic battles, and, and of course, I know in reality that was just one small part of the kingdom, you know? They were the one percenters, so to speak, and probably the rest of the kingdom lived in poverty and really not so great circumstances that you can't really make movies about because they'd be boring and, and their life, I don't know. But we know that the kingdom in reality is so much more than just that one concept, you know, of the castle. But in Christianity, we do the same thing. When we think of the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven, we think about heaven and we think about this palace or these golden streets or these pearly gates or this, you know, we think about a mansion in heaven, you know. We tend to think about this one centralized piece of the kingdom of God that we ascribe all of our values to about about kingdom, and, and, and we kind of miss the point of what Jesus is talking about. That's why he had to come, and he had to teach people about the kingdom of God, because our ideas of the kingdom sometimes are not exactly what the kingdom of God is. One thing I love to do with students, especially in the classes here at, at church, and we do this in the seventh and eighth grade class uh, sometimes, is we say, if you had to design your own kingdom, what would it look like? Right? Does anybody remember that? So you design your own kingdom, and they draw a picture of it, and invariably, what does it look like if you're drawing a picture of the kingdom, right? Usually kids draw these big houses right? And they have swimming pools and basketball courts and movie theaters, you know, and, and this kingdom has roller coasters, you know, and places that sell candy everywhere, you know, and, and rules against parents. And I mean, all kinds of these things, you know, that they like to put into their kingdom, you know. Um, one student I remember even had drawn a picture of a dinosaur with a top hat. I'm not sure where that came from, but um, I won't say who it is, but you can ask the Baumans. Maybe they'll explain why this particular kid drew a dinosaur with a top hat. But, but we get these ideas of the kingdom, and we think of heaven, and, and we're really thinking of one small piece of it, right? Uh, we're, we're, think, we're not thinking of the, the scope of what the kingdom of God is. Because Jesus' entire life revolved around the kingdom of God. In fact, many people say he never preached or taught about anything else except the kingdom of God. And that may not be 100% true, but that's pretty close. Most of the time, Jesus was talking about the kingdom of God. And yet it's something that we don't think about, that we don't talk about very much. And not only did he just teach about the kingdom of God, it says he proclaimed the good news of the kingdom, right? And good news is what? Gospel. The word gospel means good news. So the gospel, as the title suggests, that most people have never heard or that many have never heard, is that it's really about the kingdom of God. 
We've taken the gospel and reduced it to just a small portion of what it is. It's so much bigger than we could have imagined because the good news is about the kingdom of God. So what exactly did Jesus go around teaching and proclaiming? What is this kingdom of God? Well, I believe that there's a picture of it that's given to us. One of the places it's talked about is in Isaiah chapter 61. And I would invite you just to listen or follow along as I read. Isaiah 61 verses 1 through 3 gives us a picture of what the kingdom of God is like. So the kingdom of God is God's plan, okay? It's his desire. It's his vision for the world. The kingdom of God is not so much a place that exists somewhere, but the kingdom of God is a way of life. It's God's design. It's his plan. It's his purpose. It's his intention for this world that he's created, the entire world and everyone in it, how we are supposed to live, how we are supposed to be, the way things are supposed to be. That's his vision. That's the kingdom of God when everything is living in right relationship with one another, with the earth, and with God. Listen to the words of Isaiah 61, 1 through 3. It says, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me, there's that word again, good news, the gospel. The gospel comes first to the poor. He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives, release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor, which in the Old Testament terms meant a canceling of everyone's debt. Amen? Or are we all debt free here this morning? I didn't know. I thought I'd get an amen out of that. It came to, it came to say, hey, everything gets set, everything gets a reset. All the debts are canceled. It's the year of the Lord's favor. It's time to celebrate and not hold anything against anyone anymore. And the day of vengeance of our God, where those who are truly evil get what they deserve for their truly evil actions. God will set everything right. To comfort those who are mourning, to provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. And they will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. So the gospel, the good news, yes, it's forgiveness and it's salvation, but it's so much more. It's healing, it's release, it's freedom, it's moving from darkness into light, it's comfort, it's provision, it's beauty, it's joy, it's praise. Wherever you see beauty, that is the kingdom of God. That's the way he wanted this world to be because God is beautiful and he created things to be beautiful. Where you find joy, you find the kingdom of God. Where you find praise and righteousness, you find the kingdom of God. And so how do I know that this, this particular passage really shows us what the kingdom of God is like? Well, remember what Dave read for us, said that Jesus went about teaching in their synagogues, right? And teaching implies that you're trying to explain something to somebody about a particular material. So Jesus was taking the Old Testament scriptures, and he was trying to explain to them exactly what it meant. Now, a proclamation is a little different. A proclamation is what a herald might come and bring that says, this is what the king says. Here's what's going to happen. This is coming now. So Jesus both spent time trying to instruct people about the kingdom of God, you know, from the Hebrew scriptures and what it meant. And he also declared to everyone, whether they were Jewish or not, that the kingdom of God has come. And I have the authority to bring it. So there's an example of Jesus teaching in the synagogues that's found in Luke chapter 4. And I want you to know, as he's teaching about the kingdom in the synagogues, he opens up the scroll to the book of Isaiah, to the passage that we just read. And he takes the scroll and he reads what I just read. 
He says, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he's anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. Set me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners, recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, sat down, and the eyes of everyone in the synagogue were on him. And he began by saying to them, today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Jesus says, today the kingdom has come. Things are going to be set right. And it's going to be really good news for the poor, for the blind, for the oppressed, for those who are living in darkness and in bondage. Isn't that great? And what I love about this story, what's interesting is the drama in it. You'd think this would be really good news and everyone would get excited. But remember, those were not the people who were sitting in the audience. Frank told us in his sermon last week, right, that those who were ill, those who were, had, had some kind of physical defect or, or who were poor, they weren't allowed inside the temple to worship. They weren't allowed inside the synagogue. I mean, if they're in prison, they're not sitting in the synagogue. So he's saying this good news, the kingdom is coming to these people that aren't here. And they began to get a little bothered by that. What do you mean? Well, we're, we're from your hometown, Jesus. Jesus is our boy. This is Nazareth. This is where he's from. We know his father. We know his brothers. What are you talking about, Jesus? You're trying to say we're not his brother. They got angry. Can you imagine? Here he is, the first proclamation of the good news. And these people get angry, right? And they get so angry that they want to kill him. You know, people get crazy sometimes, don't they? Why would you want to kill someone for saying that? But they did. It says they wanted to kill him. So they get this crowd together, and they start pushing him towards this cliff that's outside the synagogue. Now, can you imagine? Here's Jesus, the Son of God. All the power in the world would let himself be pushed along by these people to the edge of the cliff. I imagine Jesus is thinking, I created these people. <laughs> I created the sun and the moon, and these people are pushing me around. And here's what happens, of course. They don't push him off the cliff. But it says that they got to the edge of the cliff, and he simply turned around and walked in between them and left. I'm like, wow. But, man, I want to see how that happened. I want to see the movie scene, you know. I want to hear the music and the drama and the people getting ready. And Jesus turns around and he says, you know, like a Jedi master, I'm not the Messiah you're looking for. And then all free, he just walks on out, you know. I mean, that's what we want to see, right? I don't know how he did it, but he just walked through. And then he began to tell his followers, he's like, look, we can't keep this message to ourselves. It's got to spread because this is really good news for everybody. And what else did Jesus teach about the kingdom? I mean, I'm just touching on it a little bit. He said, listen, the kingdom is something that's very small, like a mustard seed that grows into be this pretty big tree. Or it's like a little bit of yeast that you work into a batch of dough. And, and when you work that little bit of yeast, pretty soon the whole loaf begins to rise. The kingdom of God is like that. It's going to begin very, very small. But it's going to grow and grow and continue to grow. And it won't be done growing until I come back again in all of my glory with the angels attending me at the end of time. So the kingdom of God has begun and it's growing, but it's going to continue to grow until Jesus comes again. And he says, listen, all your thoughts about the kingdom, i got to turn them upside down. It's for people who are poor and oppressed and people who are hurting. See, it's not for those who are rich and well-dressed. He said, listen, tax collectors and prostitutes are getting in ahead of pastors and board members and priests. We're not the first ones in. Tax collectors and prostitutes are entering the kingdom of heaven because I've come to show you what this kingdom is about. And Jesus proclaims that the kingdom is here, that it's begun. So what does he do? He heals. He heals all kinds of diseases, all kinds of sickness. 
And the original word in the Greek is the same word that means torment. So you could read that first line and say, Jesus healed them of everything that tormented them. Jesus healed them of everything that tormented them. And it goes to list various diseases that Jesus healed. And not only that, he set them free from evil spirits, from any kind of demonic oppression that they had. And Jesus brought healing to people and forgiveness, and he set them free. And that was the power that Jesus had that said, I have the authority to declare that the kingdom of God is here. And here's the proof of it in the signs and the miracles that I'm doing to heal people and to set them free. Because I have the authority to say the kingdom of God has come. And the kingdom of God is about healing. And it's about life. And it's about restoration. It's about making things the way that they're supposed to be. And that's the good news. That's the good news that is for everyone. And news about Jesus began to spread all over the region. Did you catch that? All over to Syria, which was like, you know, kind of far away. I mean, Jesus' message of the kingdom went viral. And there was no social media back then. Nobody was Instagram. Nobody was tweeting where Jesus' next location was, all right? It just spread like wildfire by word of mouth. And people were like, we've got to get to see this guy. We've got to bring people who are being tormented every which way to Jesus because he's got healing and he's got life and he's teaching with authority. And it says it spread all the way to the Decapolis, which were 10 cities that were, that were, of, uh, that were not Jewish they're outside of that. They're coming from Jerusalem, the heart of Judaism. They're coming from Judea and Galilee. And then it says, from the region across the Jordan. That was the word they had for the boondocks. They didn't even know what to call the region. They're like, from the boondocks. <laughs> from that region across the Jordan that we don't even know about. We don't got a name for it. People are coming. They're coming and this news is spreading. You can't contain the kingdom of God. It begins small, but pretty soon it begins to spread. Because you can't contain this kind of good news. And it's really, really good news. And it's for everyone. And the reason I think that the good news comes to the poor first is because it's like a flood. The love and grace and the kingdom of God is like a torrential rainstorm. And when it rains, the rain finds its way down to the lowest places, right? The lowest places of the earth. The places that are forgotten. The places where the poor live where the hurting are, where the marginalized are, where those who've been forgotten and overlooked and pushed out and left out live. The kingdom of God flows there first, but it doesn't stop. It builds from there. It builds from there until pretty soon it's going to cover the entire earth. And friends, I want to tell you this morning that the kingdom of God is rising. The kingdom of God is rising right now. And it's strong in places that you've never heard of. And it's strong in places that you wouldn't even think of where people are seeing miracles and healing and deliverance and power and life being restored. And it's coming to the poor first. But it's coming. And it's going to continue to rise and rise and rise up. And it's coming to reach us, friends. The kingdom of God is coming. So what does that mean for us? Well, we're supposed to be like Jesus, right? We're supposed to follow Jesus through his help, try to imitate his way of life. We say Jesus is the guide for our life. So then we should be doing the same things. Our life should be geared around the kingdom of God, should it not? Does not Jesus say in Matthew chapter 6, seek first the kingdom of God? Put the kingdom of God first in your life. Well, we've got to understand what the kingdom is. So like Jesus, we need, to, we need to teach about the kingdom. But for us, I think we need to learn about the kingdom. That's the other side of teaching, right? So we do need to teach the kingdom of God, and there's not enough. So I say to the teachers that are in here, the Bible study leaders, 
develop something about the kingdom of God and help us to learn. Because I've only touched on it this morning. I've only given you a tiny piece, less than 5% probably, of what the kingdom of God really means. We need to learn about the kingdom of God. And as we learn about the kingdom of God, we need to proclaim the kingdom of God. We need to be like Jesus and go out and say, hey, there's good news. God has a design and a vision for this world. And it's about healing, and it's about freedom, and it's about beauty and joy and comfort, and it's about praise and righteousness. We need to be heralds of the good news, right? And because the good news, because the kingdom brings all of those things, that it's not just preachers that are heralds of the good news of the kingdom of God, it's everyone. If the kingdom of God is where joy is, then comedians are heralds of the kingdom of God. And artists are heralds of the kingdom of God. And people that design parks. And people that are nurses. And people that are doctors. And and people that are insurance agents. And people that are carpenters and plumbers. and, And people that fix things. They're all, you're all heralds of the kingdom of God. Because everywhere that you go, that you bring comfort or healing or joy or praise. Or or you bring some kind of provision. Or you lift someone up. Then you are bringing the kingdom of God. And you were saying the kingdom of God is here. We need to learn about the kingdom of God because we need people to teach us like Jesus taught. And we need to proclaim the kingdom of God. And we can proclaim it because we stand in the authority of the kingdom, right? The authority, I mean, this is the word of God. Jesus explained it to us. I believe that Jesus proved he had the authority to say this. So I say to you, yes, the kingdom of God is here. We stand on the authority of that. And for instance, I say anywhere... That someone in the name of Jesus Christ is doing something or preaching something that is not helping the poor, then that's not the gospel. And I stand on the authority of Jesus' word. That the gospel is good news for the poor. And the kingdom of God is good news for the poor. And if it's not good news for the poor, then it's not the kingdom of God. I don't care what you call it. And the church, for too long, in the name of Jesus has been doing the opposite. We're not setting people free. We're putting bondage on them through legalism and whatever else. We're not bringing people more light. We're bringing them more darkness. We're not bringing joy. Christians are seen as angry. That's not the kingdom of God. Kingdom of God is not us bringing It's bringing joy where joy is needed. Right? That's what we're called to do. That's when we're living into the kingdom. And we come in the authority of Jesus who said this is beginning and I want you to continue it. I want you to continue doing this till I come again and say, wow, this is great. Thank you for continuing this until I can come again and heaven and earth will be one. Right? We're not going to heaven. Read your Bible. Heaven's coming to us. Jesus is taking heaven and bringing it down to earth and we'll create a new earth And guess what? It's going to look maybe strangely familiar, but it's going to look like an earth that works the way it's supposed to work, that's running the way that God designed it to run. And that's what we're looking forward to. That's when the kingdom of God will be full grown and in full bloom. But it's coming now. It's coming now in in pieces, in hints, in glimpses of it. It's coming now wherever we find these, these signs of life at work, we find that these signs of the kingdom are coming. Okay, And yes, we can heal. And sometimes we get caught up and think healing is just a physical, you know, healing means someone gets up out of a wheelchair and walks. That may be true. But think about back to Jesus' day. I mean, they didn't have all of the things we have today, right? Someone who can't walk today has access everywhere. If you couldn't walk during Jesus' time, you had access nowhere. You were shut out of most places. 
You know, I mean, is that any less of a miracle that God has allowed us to grow and develop as people in the society where we have miracles all around us that look kind of like every day, but they allow people to breathe and to live and to move and to have a life that they never could have imagined of 2,000 years ago? We get caught up on this physical healing and, and saying, but God heals in, in so many ways, right? What about God healing us from emotional pain and hurt? What about God healing us from afflictions in our mind, from things that torment us? What about that healing? I just heard a story a sister shared with me just last night of her brother that was an alcoholic for 50 years. And God set him free from his alcoholism in his 60s. And he hadn't talked to his family in 30 years. And his family came to him and they reconnected with him. And now he's connected with his family again. Is that healing any less miraculous than someone getting up and walking? No, it's not. Because we know what a miracle that is. And there are miracles happening all around us because God is healing. And sometimes healing is a seed that begins small and grows. So don't be afraid to pray for someone's healing. Whether or not it happens like that, the kingdom of God doesn't come like that. The kingdom of God begins small, like a seed that's planted. And then it begins to grow and to grow and to grow. I close with this story to encourage you to uplift you about how the kingdom of God comes and how we bring it. And it's an example very near to a lot of us from our friend Steve Nielsen, who's the director of music here. And I asked him if I could share this story, and he said yes. You know, Steve is helping care for his father right now, who has Alzheimer's, and his mother just passed away. There was a time a few years ago when Steve was not talking to his parents at all. In fact, it had been years since he had any contact with them whatsoever. And he didn't know when or if the day would come that he would have any contact with his parents again. But a few years ago, we read this book called Emotionally Healthy Spirituality about how we need to become emotionally healthy, right? And as Steve read through that book, God did a healing work in Steve's heart of forgiveness, of reconciliation. And he reconnected with his family. And now Steve is bringing that healing that he received. The kingdom of God grew in Steve's life through that healing. And then now he's bringing that healing to his father when there are still other people in his family that are angry and don't want to be involved. Steve's bringing that healing. And he brought that healing to his mother just before she passed. He was in the hospital room and he read the blessing from the book of Numbers to her. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. And he said as he read those words, his mother's face just got a smile on it. She hadn't responded at all that day. And he said you could just see kind of the glory of the Lord in that room. And not only he witnessed that, but all of his family witnessed that. People of faith and people without faith all witnessed it together. Steve was bringing the kingdom of God to that place. Isn't that something you want to be a part of? <laughs> Wouldn't you love to say my life is about living and proclaiming and bringing the kingdom of God in all of its fullness to everyone that I meet, everywhere that I go. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, what an awesome thing is the kingdom of God. Lord, when we get these glimpses of what life is supposed to be like, God, my heart says yes. Yes, God. I want to bring good news to the poor and to those who are in bondage and to those who are in prison and to those who are grieving and to those who don't have anything, God, and to those who are mourning, Lord, I want to bring joy. I want to bring beauty. 
I want to bring righteousness and goodness and life and light. Jesus, I thank you for the opportunity that you give us even today to join with you in this process. That we might commit ourselves today to learn more about the kingdom of God so that we might proclaim the kingdom of God. So that we might go out and bring the kingdom anywhere and everywhere that we go, Lord. Lord, we are the virus of the kingdom. We're the ones that are going to take this thing viral and spread it to the whole world. 